Welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. For a limited time, get employee pricing on all 2020 ideas. <laughs> That's an interesting proposition, especially considering that we don't have anything out in 2020. Well, we, re we recorded the episodes in 2020, so... Yeah, but... Do you even remember how many of them we recorded in 2020? I don't. Uh, maybe like up to episode, like up to episode seven. <laughs> Sounds vaguely in the correct ballpark, but it's not like I could tell you anything. Plus, what's employee pricing? The ideas are free. <laughs> exactly. You pay what we pay. Okay. You know what? We'll go with that. We pay nothing. You pay nothing. Everybody pays nothing. Ideas come at the cost of uh, 20 minutes of hard thinking. <laughs> yep, you'll find the ideas uh, slipped under your chair right now. <laughs> I don't care if you're walking right now and like you're not sitting. Um, you'll find it slipped under your chair next time you sit down. We know where you are. We know where you sleep. We are always there. Anyways, hi, I'm Matthew, <laughs> author of uh, Metagame and the currently uh, in-progress rune. Hi. My name is Eunice. Despite what the last two episodes may make you think, I do read more than just romance novels. Oh, I see, I see. What else do you read, actually? I gotta, I gotta know now. Just fantasy, really. Which actually brings us around to our topic, doesn't it? Yeah. So, we've decided we're gonna make this writing uh, rehash thing uh, an ongoing thing. Because nobody emailed us to tell us to stop. At time of recording, the other episode isn't out. Oh. That's true. Okay, well, <laughs> if you really hate it, just email us and we'll stop. Well, if a lot of you do it. So we are going to rehash an idea that's already actually been done by two fairly popular authors. So we're going to do color magic. Because uh, this was done in the novel uh, Warbreaker. Uh, by Brandon Sanderson, and it's also done in the Black Prism series uh, by, oh, sorry, it's the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks. The Black Prism is the first book. I wouldn't know. They're, they're both on my list. Um, it's a very long list, and I regularly ignore the list entirely to put uh, random things that I find on top of it and then read them. And then I'd never get around to the things that are actually on the list. Really, the list is just books that I'll never get around to. Frankly, I should stop keeping it. Yeah, it sounds like a list of books that you won't read. Um, <laughs> so, um, if you guys have read the books, I am I'm currently two books behind on this uh, on this Lightbringer series. So. Don't email us with spoilers, okay? If we end up randomly doing stuff that happens in the last two books, we apologize. But I doubt it, because we're too weird to go in the same direction as Brent Weeks. I don't apologize. If we go in the same direction, <laughs> then ha you have been spoiled. Okay. My truly devious plot. Um, I'm going to start by explaining how uh, the color magic systems worked in both of these series, because Atheo is never going to read these books. And then uh, we can pick out the elements we like, the elements we don't like, and make things up, and then go from there. Technically, she's also telling you, just in case you haven't read it, but you know, that's fine. You've probably read it, you know. <laughs> <sighs> As I say that, I apologize to anyone who hasn't read it and now feels judged. Um, so I'll start with uh, Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. This is a standalone book that he wrote. And in it, there's like two separate elements to the magic. Everybody is born with this kind of like soul thing that they refer to as breath. And everybody has one, but there's like this magic... Word, words that you can say to, to give somebody else your capital B breath. And, uh... That sounds like perhaps a mistake waiting to happen. Well, I mean, it's not like, it's not like, uh, your soul is special to you in any way. Like, if you get one, 
and then you you sell it and then you get another one it's like the same it's kind of like a magical currency rather than uh than your soul i guess that's why they call it breath and basically if you have no breath you're just kind of a regular person um but like it manifests as like kind of a lost sixth sense like people tend to just be slightly less sensitive to like people staring at them or standing behind them and stuff like that but honestly it doesn't really affect your life that much if you have like one breath and you're just like a normal person that you would be like in our world and then once you start accumulating more of them you start gaining magical powers and basically you can imbue uh some of the breath that you that you've taken into an object and give it commands in order to make it do what you want and the basically the limits to what you can do just it depends on how much of this breath that you have and how good you are at figuring out the correct commands to do things and then the way that color comes into this is that when you do any of this magic anything that's colored um tends to have its color bleached out it like the process of of doing this magic somehow bleaches the color out of things um that's not really a color magic that's just magic that has like a subsidiary effect on color you want to describe the other one or sure so the other one is like each of the the magic is actually specific to its color. So um yeah, so this is a world where there not everybody can can use magic, but uh the people who can are called drafters because they take light and they draft it into solid stuff. I don't really know why that's called drafting actually. Probably has something to do with like building. I mean, in 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 the literal sense, it probably is because it sounds cool. Yeah, the meaning of the draft is like when you're drafting an item. Like, yeah, there's a some kind of crafting element to it. But um, so people, most people who can draft can only draft one color, and then it goes from like infrared to ultraviolet. So like infrared, red, orange, yellow, green, blue. They don't really have an indigo, and then they have superviolet, uh, which is ultraviolet, anyways. Um, and then each of these has its own like characteristic. So like uh, when they do like infrared, it's it's like a red jelly that's very flammable, and like they can also like they can pull from heat basically. And yeah, like in red and infrared are pretty much the same. I mean, even visible light has to do with heat, but. Yeah. And then orange is like this like a uh, spongy spongy material, I guess. Um okay, I haven't read it that recently, so if I get the specifics wrong, I apologize. And then uh yellow is like it tends to be a very like liquidy kind of material except if you get the hue like right in the middle of its spectrum and then it becomes a super solid uh super hard material that's perfect for constructing solid things uh why though <laughs> what do you mean why it has to do with the color okay um but it doesn't like literally have to do with the color it has to do with like figurative color nonsense which i mean don't get me wrong figurative color nonsense is what i'm about but Oh sorry, in the first one, the the one uh, warbreaker like when you have a lot of breath, you can start seeing like colors in like the way people hear music, like you can see like the fifths and the octaves and stuff and you got a better color sense. So it's literally just like synesthesia. Okay. Uh maybe, but there there's some other color stuff, but the way the magic works itself isn't particularly colory. Okay, back to this one. Green is like a it's like a considered like a very useful color. It's fairly solid, uh but like it has a certain amount of flexibility. So but but people who have it tend to do things like make themselves into what they call like fighting golems where they armor themselves up with really thick layers of it and then 
go into battle. Blue is is quite hard. It's not quite as hard as that perfect yellow, but it's it doesn't need that perfect to be in the middle of the of the spectrum to be hard and strong. And then yeah, they go straight to super violet, which is like super it's like invisible. It's they tend to use it to like do like spy things and like send little messages that other people can't see and, and stuff like that. It's not very solid. And then each one of the colors is also associated with a particular emotion so that the people who use the, their particular colors tends to be under the influence of that particular emotion. I forget all of them, but like blue is like logical, whereas like violet... It's not an emotion. To... Yeah, what and then... Violet is like, I, I, I don't quite understand. It's almost like alien-like in its logic. It's almost like you're displaced outside of yourself. I don't know. It's, a, it's very weird. I can't describe it. Green is passion, I think. Green? Okay. I mean, I don't have anything against that. It's just culturally a strange choice to use. Or like fertility, it's it, yeah, it's like like that, and then well, fertility for green, I can absolutely understand. Yeah, like that kind of passion. Oh, okay, that's different then. Yeah, well, I forget what yellow is. It might be just like happy, or no, it's probably not. I apologize to anyone who's more recently read this series. Okay, so I mean that's interesting and all, but I don't I don't think it's particularly important information to have because. Just first off, I wanna, I, I just wanna like toss everything about like all of that because like, yeah, color exists in the magic, but it's not central to it. It's just like, color has a vague effect on it. But here are these general types of magic anyway. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's just color sort of exists, but like they're not fundamentally different in any way, and they're not based on the literal colors like mattering that much. And I mean, you obviously have mm -hmm. your your MTGs and your and your other places where the color has like general effects based on the different which specific color or type it is like all that makes sense but i think the big thing that i just want to do right off the bat is like how do we make color more central to our magic system so that it's not like color exists and also this magic system so you want colors themselves to just always because you have well you have to understand that like color is one of the most relative human things that exist like i think one of the one of the big examples that we have is um there's two russian words for color for the color blue i mean and they're really good at telling apart colors that are around sort of the dividing line between the two where um because english only has one word for blue we're just not good at that so because color is so relative i think that probably the best thing to do just right off the bat is to make our magic system relative to the person who is doing it as well right okay so i'm going places as i'm describing them like i'm figuring stuff out as i'm saying it so let's say that in this world color has um color itself has visible effects right so mm -hmm. maybe for some reason, purple makes things go faster. It, there's not really a reason for that. It's just purple makes things go faster. Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing that that just does outright is that it sort of affects evolution <laughs> and what sort of uh, creatures that you're going to run into in this world. So you're going to have extremely colorful um you're going to have extremely colorful, like, creatures that are all around. A few birds are just going to be purple to make them go faster. And then, obviously, you can't just make it the visible spectrum. So, you know, just every different kind of radiation has different effects. Some of them are known, some of them are not. Um, so when you say, like, purple, let's say, makes something faster, is it like when purple is absorbed? Or when purple is reflected, because when things are purple... When purple is reflected. So it's like, the light hits you, makes you faster, and is partly reflected. <laughs> well, it's when you reflect purple, you go faster. 
Okay. So it also depends on ambient light settings? A little bit, yeah. And then what do we want the people to have access to, actually? What do you mean access? Like, what, what can, how can people take advantage of this effect on the world? Is it, like, just if you paint something red? <laughs> so I guess it's like, in this world, when humans have figured some of this out and they, you know, have dyes and other pigments and stuff, then they start making things. And then we'd, we'd have to figure out what people would logically do with the system, as well as, are, like, do we want to do it, like, in a modern world where we have inorganic dyes that you can make literally any color you want? Well, we, we've had dyes as a species since, since the days before we used agriculture, so... Yeah, but they, you know, then you'd have very limited colors and very limited options of what you want to do, right? So it's, yeah, it's up to us what, what we... I mean, somewhat limited, but not, like, incredibly so. You're not going to be able to choose a color with laser precision, but you are going to be able to make a generally a generally similar uh, dye. Yeah, but obviously, you know, the, the old dyes were not strong, and they faded, and they were expensive and laborious and... And poisonous. <laughs> and only rich people could have, you know a lot of it and especially like purples yeah and i've seen what they called purple in rome and it's just dark red <laughs> i mean uh there are colors that don't exist like you know i think it's maroon that only exists as a sort of what's that word like a comparison color like it doesn't exist on its own so oh that's that's brown brown is one yep. of them yeah but there's another one so I think the big thing that, like, we sort of have to get around is, like, not treating, like, even while color is having these effects, I feel like there should be, like, sort of a base effect and then an effect that people can imbue, like, I guess emotionally would be sort of the way that I'd put it, but it's not really emotions. Like, that you can imbue meaning into a color, but only if you associate that meaning with that color. Like... As in, if you're, if you're reflecting that color, it affects you emotionally? More like um, you can like create world effects by imbuing that like feeling about a color onto something. And how are they imbuing a feeling onto a color? I don't know. They, they touch it and they really strongly resonate with that idea. I don't know. It's a magic system. I mean, so far what we have is, like, light physically manifests magic as it bounces off things. Well, yeah, I was thinking of, like, having it be a two-part system where the, like, where the sort of physical aspect of it is differentiated from the, from the personal aspect of it. Okay, so we'll just make eyes magic. What? Like, so, like, there's what light does in the world. But then there's what light does as it goes into your eye and hits your retina and is transmitted to your brain. As of the observer, yes. So we'll make the eyes magical. <laughs> I wouldn't refer to it as the eyes. I would more refer to, like, the observer themselves. Because it's not the eyes that are magical. It's the interpretation. No, no, let's make the eyeballs magical. <laughs> But then that's literally the same as, like, physical effect unless you're, like, the more people that are looking at my purple car, the faster it goes. Which would be very funny, but also <laughs> kind of ridiculous. No, 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 but it's, like, like the eyes will just make them two-way magical. So, like, as they go in, it has an added effect that's not just what it does in the physical world, but also... People will send out magic through their eyes. <laughs> I fail to understand where you're going with this. It's just, it's like the, the eye is the body's magical focus. Because the eye is the, the body's light focus. But the eyes don't have anything to do with the aspect of interpretation that I was going for with the like different people see different colors. Well, 
It does if the if it sends out magic. Only if it gets processed through the brain first. Well, yes, that that is a necessary aspect of everything people do. Well, not quite everything, but most things. Okay, uh, yeah, not reflexes that stop at your spinal cord, but let's not get into physiology right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're obviously violating the hell out of it. Needlessly complicated. Who needs biology when we have color magic? I mean, if people think of it as the eyes and you refer to it as the eyes, that's, like, fine, but... As far as, like, an actual mechanical standpoint, I think it's the observer that's more important. Like, if you, if you took the eyeball out of somebody's head, would it, have an, would it still continue to have magical effects? No! Well, I mean, it would be dead. Okay, let's say you could keep the eye alive. Would it continue to have magical effects when disconnected from the brain? Certain limited ones, yes, but it couldn't, like, send out magic. So I'm not saying that the eye would continue to be magical... Uh, when separated from the from the head, but I'm saying the person would stop being magical if their eyes were taken out of their head. Well, but then they stop being able to see the things in the world that... So, yeah. And they also stop being able to send out magic through their eyeballs. Because e- even if they remember... Well, it, it no longer matters because they no longer have the focus to begin with. Yeah, but if, even if they remember what light use looks like or what colors look like, yeah, but remembering the color is different from seeing the color to begin with. Okay. So it's just not an issue. Whatever. Let, let's just just go with it. It has to be ca- like the eye, capital. I mean, they can talk about it in the world that way, and I don't mind that. But like, it's an observer effect, not a eyeball effect. Like, if somebody had, let's say, the cybernetic eye replacements existed, would they be able to use the magic then? Because I would say yes. Because the observer still exists, but the eye doesn't. I think it. I think it depends on how the cybernetic eye works. But sure. Okay, you know what? We're 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 distracted again. Anyways, uh, what I was trying to get at was um, you could imbue sort of a personal effect on a color so that it would have, in addition to its normal effect, it would have your personal interpretation of what that color does, and that sort of interpretive uh color and sort of understanding of color is what essentially the world's magic system is in that like let's say that somebody associates black with silence right so they could paint a room black and let's say that black's normal effect was just i don't know what what would black's normal effect be slow heating well um nothing because it's not reflecting anything i mean even the Deepest blacks are reflecting something, but... Okay, so black normally doesn't have an effect. So this person uh, paints a room black, and they just think of it as as silence. And then they, I don't know, make contact with the sides of the room, and then they sort of think about their association with the black and the silence, and then they keep doing that, and they keep doing that, and let's say it takes them, I don't know, a day or so, and then their black-painted room now enforces silence when there is an observer okay so like it's the room is not silent when nobody can see it but uh when somebody can see it that room is now an area of silence why does it depend on having an observer because when there is no observer there is like the the color doesn't mean anything without an observer yeah but it depends on the the meaning to the person who cast the effect, right? Like, what if the people who... You know, that's actually fair. ...go see it. Yeah, they... Because then you would have to rely on the people seeing the room also agreeing that black means silence. And if they don't, then... Yeah, so probably not that. So it would just be... It would... It, yeah, it should be, like, just the interpretation of the person casting it. Yeah. Okay. And then I think a, a logical consequence of this, this type of magic is that people would develop like ever more specific terminology for different colors. Like instead of, you know, just being like, this is blue, they would start naming things down to like, you know, the palette shades that you can get at the paint store. 
and like it would be common knowledge what all of these colors were. I mean, they would have a much more developed understanding of color than we do, that's for sure. Yeah, and they they would name separate hues and ascribe them separate meanings because it would allow them... Well, some cultures would, but some cultures just wouldn't... Because, like like, like I said with the Russian thing, with the, with the blues, right? The, there are the two blues, and, like, you don't think of them as, like, different blues. You're like, that's light blue and dark blue, but they have, like, full-on different words. So they think of them as more distinct than we think of them as distinct. So you could have a culture that's like, that subdivides green 47 times. And then it's just like, yellow is yellow. Yeah, well, that's how like color naming has developed in our world because there is no selective pressure to have more colors. Even if there were a selective pressure, like people wouldn't necessarily think to define different hues. I'm not saying that people would... You can basically infinitely subdivide yeah. the category of blue. I'm not saying that people... So, like, is there a reason that you would use the yellow color? Yes, because it exists. But, I mean, what if you want to create an effect that's already closer to the red effect? Like, you would use red. Uh-huh. So if nobody wanted to create effects that were close to the yellow effect or close to the green effect, then, like, they wouldn't bother. And those cultural effects would be different across areas, even if there were some observable fact about different colors, too. Sure. But still, in people would gradually develop more and more colors because they would wipe out the cultures that didn't just because of the, like, flexibility of their magic. I mean, flexibility, sure, but that would also make them sort of less able to enforce, like, a standardized magic system. Because even if you have more colors, like, the meanings of those colors to the individuals is going to change slightly, and that's just not... No, 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 no. So they would name the co- Like, in the, the most developed country that I would... I, I'm imagining, it's like they have a very, very, like, systematic naming and meaning of all of their colors and that's why they're dominant because they have very reproducible effects in all of their students whereas that doesn't seem like something that you can actually like maintain because even in reality there are people who have different associations within their culture than the primary culture does yeah but you know our educational systems don't have color classes that specifically Uh, yeah they do though and so does our media and like yeah but like they don't focus on standardizing everybody's interpretation of every color i mean you can make an attempt but you're never going to be able to like stamp out dissent well not dissent but they have a lot more standardization than we do even currently you know we all have the general associations with different colors and different emotions and things like that. I, uh, I need to force myself to remember what other people associate sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't count. Everybody else is okay. pretty standard. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fairly certain there's other non-standard people out there, but you know what? We can move on from that. So you've actually already hit on an interesting point here, is that you think that there's going to be some sort of uh, big empire where they standardize all color. Or it doesn't necessarily have to be an empire. It could just be like the way that we all use the metric system, if, except you Americans, right? That sort of puts a flaw in that, doesn't it? What? You said the way that we all use the metric system, except you Americans. Like, there is an exception there, and it's a notable one, too. Yeah, so I'm not, so I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't have to be, like, the world is conquered by one single country and their color system. It could be an international color system. <laughs> the international standardized color system and meanings. <laughs> exactly. Except, you know, something that sounds more, less forced. <laughs> um, I mean, names for, names for international standards are always pretty garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Just make it French and it'll it'll work. 
I'm fairly certain that they've got to be garbage in French, too. Well, you know, that's what we call them SI units, System International. Anyways, that's not the point. Yeah, so I'm sure they're going to be, you can have your renegade Americans who have their own ridiculous interpretation of, <laughs> of color, and then you have everybody else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that doesn't sound yikes at all. Their own ridiculous interpretation of all these colors. Uh-huh. Which is based yep. on their old colony, but, you know, <laughs> but different. <laughs> okay, no, let's not, let's not put American jokes in, in, st- well, I mean, you can if you want, it's your story, whoever steals this. I'm less concerned about the American jokes themselves and more concerned about the uh, possibly unfortunate implications of everybody in the world believes these colors mean these things except for those weirdos over there. Yeah. Uh... Exactly. So, like, anybody who, like, picks up, like, a device made from this other country, there's a danger that, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a a cooling... I know exactly what this does. Yeah, and then it ends up, like, cutting their head off because it does something completely different. (laughs) Uh, That would actually be sort of, like, an an interesting conflict. It's, like, you have sort of your standard mages and, like, basically what everybody's doing, and then there are people who exist who are from other cultures... And they have, like, you know, their own standardized systems, and they have to sort of swap between them when they're using different tools. And then there are occasionally just complete standouts who have wildly different interpretations of colors. And then we can go into things like, what if you're colorblind? Or Well, the interesting, well, for a colorblind person, I think, I think it would be sort of interesting if the colorblind person was only affected by the world effect of whatever color it was. So, essentially, if you're colorblind, you're essentially immune to magic cast by other people. But that doesn't make sense. Because we've... I mean, you gotta give them, you got to give them some ability, you know? Well, no. In, in this world, that would be more of, far more of a handicap than a benefit because you can't use anything made by any... You can't use any of the technology that anybody else is making. I mean, you could use some of it. You just couldn't use all of it. What does that even mean? I said the world effects still apply. So, like, the literal the literal effects still apply. But, like, all of the cool effects that people get through, like, deliberate casting, or you can't benefit from. But you also can't be harmed by. Yeah, but it would be much more of a handicap than a positive in a modern world. I mean, parts of it would be a handicap, right? And I, I won't deny that it would certainly make your life more uncomfortable. But, like... And also, we, we settled on the fact that it's the caster's intent who determines the effect. So why would these people be... Like, you're being inconsistent here. So, like, I mean, colorblind just... You still see different shades, even if you're colorblind. So, like... Exactly. They wouldn't have access to as much variety. And, like, they might they might have the same association with green and red, essentially. But, like, they would still be able to use significant parts of the magic and they would be able to uh put effects they would essentially be in the same boat as the unique casters where they'd be able to put effects on colors that other people would not expect from those colors sure because they don't see them yep which i think i think that's sort of the interesting part of this world is that you have unique interpretations from people who grow up differently or just have different understandings I mean, but also, like, colorblind people would still be able to tell what color things were just by their physical properties, right? Well, sometimes. But, like, if one of them heats up and one of them gets slightly colder and you're 50 feet away, then you're not likely to be able to tell which is which. Mm. So, like, if green heats up and red cools down and you're looking at it from 20 meters, 50 feet away, um, it's not like that's going to matter to you directly or you're not going to be able to tell and then i yeah so like brightness levels are important yeah you could have um you could have things that you could cast in uh bright areas that you suddenly couldn't cast in dark areas because your orange is brown or your brown is orange you know land that is near the equator is actually very very desirable just the more light... I mean, that's just true. <laughs> the better. Like, screw if it's desert. Screw if it's, like, 
volcanic. Just as long as there's light, everything else can be can be fixed or dealt with. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, actually, in the way that this sort of plays into essentially rich people have better access to until um, die construction and and uh, production is better. And then, oh, so we really first we have to really decide like what kind of society, like what level of technology what we want to make the world right. Uh, and like, if we want to make it like ultra urban and futuristic, where people live in really high, uh, like skyscrapers and stuff, uh, or like we stick poor people in a dystopian underground because they don't deserve light or stuff like that. We got. I think you could make an interesting case here for um, the beginnings of industrialization, okay. where. Dyes, especially like dyes that were previously much rarer, are coming into use by the general public. So, like, maybe there are effects that were essentially unavailable to people uh, before that are suddenly being sold because it's like, hey, we found out how to make purple from other stuff. Now everybody can have purple. Excellent. And at that point, you'd sort of get an explosion of different interpretations of what purple means because you know there wasn't really a whole lot of purple before so the meanings of purple were kept secret to the people who could afford purple and all of a sudden now everybody can afford purple which means that if there are a bunch of different kinds of purple what do all those kinds of purple mean i don't think it makes sense that the meaning of purple would be kept secret just because most people can't afford it like traditionally are you sure about that I mean, you could you could have, like, certain forms of purple that are very, like, well-known. Because it's like, when rich people go outside wearing this purple, we can't, uh... Like, we know what that means, but we can't really do anything about that. Because it's not like we have access. No, I mean, it's just like... Like, being aware of a color isn't secret, right? Like, it's just... Even if you know what it does... And you want to use it. No, but you'd also have no reason to distinguish the shades because doing so would be kind of worthless to you. But if we're in a standardized system, they would just teach all the colors. Why would they teach colors that their students aren't going to use? It's part of the education. Plus, you could use it as a uh, as a metric of status, which if you don't think people would do, yes, they would. Because, like, the entire point of the standardized system is to standardize meanings keeping things secret just leads to no it's to standardize meaning among the peasantry it's different so if they purposely keep certain ones secret they're just going against their own goal then there's no point in a standardized no, no, system. no 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 they're not going against their own goal because they have two goals here one is to make it so that they know what the peasantry are going to use. And the other is so that they know things that the peasantry can't use that the peasantry doesn't even know exist. So the goal is to hang on to power, and the goal is to make the application of their power more effective. I don't see how keeping it secret preserves their power. As long as they're the only ones who have access to those colors, it doesn't matter who knows about it. It kind of does, because you can prepare for something that you're aware of. So you're saying these secret colors are used as weapons against the poor? Weapons or defenses? I mean, like, you know, in terms of, like, defending yourself, generally speaking, a threat display is more convenient than actually fighting. Well, yeah, but you can have a threat display with a different color that everybody's aware of, because the intent is to display having them be aware of the color is no longer an issue. But defensively, you'd rather keep your measures secret. So that people will attack you? No. So that when people attack you, they can't get through. Yes, but your other option is to have a threat display so people won't attack you. You can do both at once. (laughs) Okay, I'm not into this whole secret colors thing. They're not really secret colors. They're just colors that other people don't distinguish because there's no purpose for that okay well yeah i guess it doesn't really matter as unless our whole 
story is going to be on, okay, now everybody has all these colors and then different interpretations. Well, I mean, we haven't made like a main character or a plot yet, uh, which we should probably do fairly quickly because this one's already going long. Like, for instance, in the Lightbringer series, there's one person who is able to draft all of the colors and he's known as the Prism. Yuck. And, uh... I hate Chosen One stories. Ignore me. And there's, like, a whole mystery as to, like, how these prisms are created or born or, yeah. And they live either, like, 7 or 14 years and then they die. And I should probably finish the rest of the series so I know why. (laughs) And they're considered, like, the leader of the world, basically. And you know, gross. I hate chosen one stories. It's it's not a chosen one story. There's. It's a, I mean, it kind of is. It, the, like there's a. It's a political. Thing. The main character may not be the chosen one, or may not be the prism, or whatever. Well, it's not a single character book. It's it's a. Brent Weeks writes like political multi-thread stories. Okay. Anyways. I have a distaste for, like, there is one person in the world with the ability to X. Yeah, but then, you know, they die after seven years, so it wasn't really worth it. That just makes it worse. (laughs) Are they, aren't they just, like, sacrificial goats for the real powers? Probably. I should probably finish the series. (laughs) Imagine finishing the series. Yeah, I used to, and then, you know, I became busy. Yeah, I, I know about that. I don't think that our setup is really good for intrigue so much as it is for sort of telling the story of change. Is, I guess, where where we end up? We're going to have to have an external catastrophe. Or, like, or some... Oh, we'll just do, like, okay, there's a solar eclipse coming, and because... Everybody associates it with, like, fear and bad things happening. It's actually a really bad Bad things happen, and it's an actual disaster. (laughs) Like, this is when, like, demons walk the earth, and natural disasters shake the planet, and, like, usually around half of the world, half of the world population dies. (laughs) Everyone believes bad things are gonna happen. That seems a little extreme. Solar eclipse is don't like never happen i know they always like there's always <laughs> every single time so because and and like the fact that it's always happened like this just makes everyone continue to believe that the same things will and even happen and like solar eclipses are regional too so like you could make bad things happen but okay how about yeah they're like two to five a year yeah but okay how about we make it so that it usually plunges the local area into civil unrest or summons literal demons. Um, yeah, and then some, and then sometimes the neighboring country decides that it's a great time to like invade, and then you get some wars. Because frankly, it is. Well, you know, like if you're willing to brave your soldiers being eaten by the demons, you know, you gotta time it right. <laughs> You time it so that you attack right after the solar eclipse happens, so the demons are still there, mm-hmm. and the enemies and the enemy country's soldiers are still fighting the demons, mm-hmm. and then you just hit right in the middle of that, and you're offering your your help. You're uh, bailing out the other country. You are annexing for humanitarian reasons. Yeah, but then your soldiers will also get eaten by demons, right? So you're just yeah, like, mm-hmm. but like the demons are already weakened, and there's now fewer of them. Okay. Yeah, so so we can we can do that or we can do we want to set it like during a solar eclipse or do we want to be like oh this guy has invented electricity and he's trying to like light the city through the time of the solar eclipse and just like as an ambitious project to string christmas lights. I think it would be interesting if we essentially had we essentially have the um the country's astronomer did his math wrong or something. Mm-hmm. And like the eclipse is coming two weeks before they thought it was coming. 
Okay, nobody's ready. Absolutely nobody's ready. The soldiers are, like, literally on the move to be positioned where they need to be positioned, but they're not expecting the eclipse to happen. They did their math wrong, and everything's just become an absolute disaster. And everyone freaks out even more than usual because they weren't expecting it. So then the, the demons are even more, and the natural disasters. It's raining blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, it's raining warm blood. <laughs> Yuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that's just... I did not need that image. <laughs> and then, And then, like black clouds come and obscure the sun even longer because everyone's just freaking out and then other bad things that uh will probably occur to me so that i'll just suddenly say a bad thing that happens every few minutes for the next few minutes (laughs) And, and all frogs become poisonous frogs uh there's a swarm of uh glittery locusts everything all the colors of all of of everything, like, all the animals change, and they suddenly have different properties, and, like, you know, things that used to be cute are now carnivorous, and... To our cicadas. The whole whole ecosystem is ruined, and now we have a new famine. There's an actual, like, the the other country wasn't really planning on it being this way, but now there's an actual justification for annexation for humanitarian purposes. And then... Vampires are now real, um, <laughs> birthed by the warm blood rain. <laughs> I think we have enough. <laughs> okay, I think that I think that's enough. I, I've I've destroyed the people enough. <laughs> uh, and our main character is the Lightbringer. Stop! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> but I. I'm gonna steal something from Brent Leakes. No, not the name though. <laughs> I have, I have, like oh, maybe, okay. maybe the main character is just somebody with aberrant interpretations where they interpret dark colors as a good thing. Okay. Sure. That's all it is. So while things are dark, they have more power as compared to basically everybody else, or at least more good power. Okay. And how are they going to save things or fix things? I actually think... So, this is a bit of a weird way to go. But I think it would be sort of interesting to have the main character in this situation essentially not fighting to, like, keep their country independent, but, like, to essentially more equitably tie their country to the other country that's doing the invading in this case. So, like, you have sort of a hero story in the in the normal sense where you're, like, you know, fighting off some of the demons and whatever. But instead of just, like, we don't need your help, we can do this on our, on our own and then make our own great place, it would be sort of interesting to have them go, yeah, I mean, you're, you're kind of right about us not being able to do this on our own, so we'll accept your help, but... And then you sort of go from there. I mean, maybe that's just a me thing, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily sh- sure how far into the inter-country politics we want to go. Political stuff is definitely not my strong point because I can't think in a twisty way because I'm a very straightforward person. <laughs> um. I have too many twists. Too many twists in the kitchen makes the whole thing smell like cinnamon. And really, who wants that? I love cinnamon. Um, I know, right? <laughs> okay. I, I so, love it. The whole thing should smell like cinnamon. That's why we put too many twists in there. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, I mean, there'd have to be something distinctive about these two countries for us to give a damn. Here, one of them uses the standardized system and one of them doesn't. And which one is hit by the solar eclipse? Uh, the one with the standardized system. <laughs> and the one with the standardized system is a smaller country? Well, yeah, but there are other countries with the standardized system. And I didn't say it was the smaller country. I just said it was the one that was currently having the issues. Well, yes, but, like, it's weird to annex a bigger country. I mean, if that country is in the middle of a disaster, is it really? 
Well, you still don't have the manpower to annex it, especially if you're going to fight demons, too. Tell that to the British Empire. <laughs> well, I mean, the, you know, they started small. <laughs> kind of. Right? It's like you annex, then you convert those people into further your soldiers than you annex. It's not like they... I, well, I don't know if they did. I mean, I guess, like, if you if you call, like, India, then, then they they did take a country that was far bigger in population than they were. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my point, is there were a few occasions in there where there were more people on the place they were taking than they had. Yeah, but it's, it's like they didn't do it in a, in a, like, we need soldiers to man it kind of way, right? So this is like, you're going to need manpower to take the land back from the demons and settle the... It's, Popular. It's really easy to convince a group of people that you just saved from demons, like, hey, come join us and we'll go get more people out of the demons. You know, the enemy of humanity is the enemy of my enemy. Okay. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I don't know. No, we're good. All right. So we have sort of a, a general conflict. Is this going to be a clash of measurement systems? Because, like, I'm not into it. <laughs> I'm just like, done with the Americans. <laughs> See, I think it might be interesting to just be like, the the measurement systems like clash for a while, but then it just sort of settles on just use stuff because like it's a measurement system, but it's also not really a measurement system per se. It's more of a measurement system with personal interpretation at literally every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's not inches versus centimeters. It's feeling A versus feeling B. It's empirically measurable in the literal sense, but it's not empirically measurable in the effect it has. So, like, it's not really a clash of measurement systems so much as it is a how do we get through this absolute mess where measurement systems are taking apart. Okay. And really the measurement systems are just the reason they hate each other, not actually. So, you know, we'll do some battles where, like, there's cool technology and people ride, like, red horses because red means hard or something it's like armor red cools things down <laughs> so like instead of sweating some things just have red fur and then you know you have to fight the demons with like flashlights oh you you have like changing the lighting on the demons can like actually change their sort of effects and if you shine enough light on them, they'll just burn up or something. Cause, like the things that make them powerful, if you if you augment it too much, actually make them explode or something. I don't know. You know, play with light properties. Yep, and a bunch of a bunch of the different demons work in a bunch of different ways. So you got to figure stuff out all the time. Yeah, and you know, there's lots of like prisms and focal lenses and light nonsense going on big buckets of paint that you throw at your enemies (laughs) (laughs) ah yes the most deadly weapon the paint thrower or like bleach you know oh yeah ah take that suckers i mean to be fair bleach is already yeah i I know it's like adding insult especially chlorine bleach uh (laughs) yeah bleach i would consider that a weapon already and then you just make it worse. And then, in the end, like, these two countries that didn't get along now get along better because they fought off a horde of demons together. Yeah, and then you you unify the countries. Okay. And if you're Eunice, you have them do so with a political arranged marriage that's not so arranged. Oh, no, we'll make it so that they... they We'll make it so that they were, they're like East Country and West Country, and then one of the countries, like, they, they used to be one country, and then they split because half the people wanted to go to the, the standardized magic system and the other half didn't. <laughs> and then they reunite because that's romantic. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. And then, uh,. You know, in the future, they really got to, like, 
calm, like get people to really just calm down about the solar eclipses. They're go it's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. Stop imagining demons. Demons aren't real. <laughs> ah yes, book two, aka the please stop believing in demons. Believing in them is what makes them real. Yeah. And then, like, they're trying really hard not to get anyone to record the blood rain. <laughs> Just a disaster like, all around. Like, don't don't tell your children about the blood rain. <laughs> Especially don't tell them that it's caused by the color the sun makes when it's, um, when it's being then, crossed by know, the moon. You know, like, when, you know, when, when people in, in like oral storytelling, you know, people tend to like embellish things to make it like a better story. And they're like actively trying to be like, please don't make things up. You're just gonna, it's, oh no, the, the next solar eclipse is going to be even worse. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, good time. Uh, you know, an ongoing conflict if you ever want to get into it. But unfortunately, I think that we definitely don't want to get into it. So you want to wrap us up a little bit? Well, do, do we want to this, you know, determine our main characters? I don't think we really need to determine much about the main character. You just need to stick a weirdo in here. Okay, but like, I don't know, should should they be in a position of a decent amount of political power, clout, so they can affect things? Well, if we're just in the beginnings of industrialization, then they don't need to have that much and they suddenly have access to more. Okay. Just a little bit more on the character so that, like, it, it feels like more of a complete idea rather than just a partial. I guess somebody who has good, like, a mix of magic slash color knowledge and military ability? I don't know what kind of physician that would be. Um, anybody in any military in this world because I'm assuming that magic just being a thing that people can do uh, makes it fairly important to the military. Or like would it be more fun for it to just be like a well-educated historian who like knows the legends of the eclipse times? <laughs> a weird shut-in who had to do mandatory military service and ended up doing really well. Yeah, like, you know, like, he, he wanted to be a scholar, but his entire family's in the military, so he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. and then, and then this was, like, the, the one thing that he was born to do is, like, guide the country through an eclipse, <laughs> and then his <laughs> family's finally proud of him, <laughs> oh, man. and then he just goes home, and it's like, yeah, that was enough for me, <laughs> and then... Uh, through all of this book two something new some new disaster shows up yeah and then you know through all of this manages to like find his true love <laughs> so it was all worth it even the I blood see. rain <laughs> okay okay <laughs> you know what we can just oh man we can just make that the case Imagine meeting your true love covered in blood. Like, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I hate, I hate the it way was, that it feels. It would it's be so like gross. a really weird, twisted version. Wait, you've been covered in warm blood? I don't want to know. Not like covered in it, but like touched uh, enough of it to know what it feels like. And I know that I don't want that on any more of my skin. <laughs> So if this disaster idea is to your liking, I do think we have enough here, actually, right? Yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, so yeah. take ideas from wherever, even the biggest uh, authors out there. Like, I'm sure Brent Weeks and Brandon Sanderson didn't talk to each other when they came up with their own separate color magics. They just did it. Ideas are never original. Every idea is just plucked from the tropes and things that you already know like even if you think you're brand new and original i bet you can find some other copy of it sometime in history and remember how much we've just like forgotten about or lost so really even if you can't find it it probably existed uh there are people who may decide to sue you for ideas those are very weird people and you will win 
So if this disaster uh, is to your liking, uh, take whatever parts of it you think are good and go ahead and write them out and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. Do we have a guest soon or do we have a guest? I think we'll have a guest next week. So tune in for that if that's what you're into. Yep. And if you have an idea for another guest, it would be best if you got them to email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Anything else we want to promo? I don't think so. Okay. So, bye. See you next week. Bye.